Amen. Christmas interruptions. We started a series last week at looking through the Christmas story and looking at Christmas interruptions. This morning I ask you to take your Bibles and open them to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 8. And this morning we're going to be looking at Joseph's interruption in his life. In working on this and thinking about it and the idea of peace, it, it recalled to my mind a story of a young boy who loved his mother very much. And his mother and this young boy had a very close relationship. Everywhere you would see the mother go, the little boy would go right with her. They would go shopping, the little boy would go right with her. Oftentimes he would just play around in the store. Sometimes he would help her make decisions, but they were inseparable. And they had this great relationship. And there was one time that the mother and the father took a trip and left the young boy home by himself. And this young boy decided that he would get with a friend and he would take a trip as well. The only problem was the young boy didn't think that mom and dad would be calling home and no one would be answering the telephone. So mom and dad's away, young boy's home by himself, no answer for a couple of days. Needless to say, there become a disconnect between the, father, the mother and the young boy. And when they come back and there was a reunion there, the mother was at unrest with the young boy and there was a little um, lack of peace in the home but they began to talk and I'll tell you the rest of the story in just a moment but as we look and we understand that God has peace for those that are out there and he has a way of peace he tells us this story if you would stand with me as we turn and we begin to look into God's word Matthew chapter 1 in verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold... An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill 
what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Father God, today we do celebrate. Father, the greatest gift ever given, Lord, and that was your son. Father, you knew the plan that you had. You knew the way that it had to go. And Father, you chose to send your son to become clothed over in his glory with flesh, born of a virgin. Father, live a perfect life. Father, so that he could be our sacrifice and that he could redeem us to you. And Father God, I just pray now, Lord, that you would help me to step aside. And Father, you would speak through me this morning. Father, that you would open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. Father, our ears would be tuned to Holy Spirit and our hearts would be softened to hear the moving of Holy Spirit within us this morning. Father, we, your children, are listening. Would you speak this morning? And Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, the most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen and amen. In the time of Jesus' birth in the Israelite area, there was a lot of unrest. We might could uh, even look today and see that there's unrest today. But even in that day, there was an unrest. The Roman government was taking over. They were being bullies, as we might would say. And there were people that knew the Old Testament. And they knew there was prophecy about a coming Messiah. They were ready for this new, what they thought would be an earthly king, to come and to rescue them because of the unrest that was there. They were in great need of peace. And Jesus does supply that peace. But I want you to take just a moment and let's place yourself in the seat of Joseph. Because Joseph's peace is what we're going to look at first. You know, Joseph was in need of some peace. Come on, gentlemen. Can you imagine? You finally found that perfect, that love of your life. This beautiful young lady, you're getting all the plans ready. And you know, in their day, it was a big deal for a marriage. An engagement, it tells us that Mary was betrothed to Joseph. That would be an engagement today. We might even go a step further and call it a courtship. But it was even more than what we have today because when you were engaged, if you were to even call off the marriage at that point, there was still a process called divorce to even end an engagement. But here you have this righteous man. He's known, the Bible said he's righteous. He's known in his community to be righteous. He's finally found the love of his life. But what do you have to do before you get married? The men have to go and build a home for them and for their wife and for their new family. So Joseph's been working all this time, getting things ready, building this home. It's probably not far from their marriage when all of a sudden Mary disappears for a little while. You remember? Mary went to go visit Elizabeth. And she's gone for a while and she comes back. And all of a sudden, we don't know how long exactly passed there, probably a couple of months. Joseph's finished getting all his preparations done and Mary turns up pregnant. 
Now, Joseph knows two things. He knows, you know, they're not as scientific as we were, but he knows what it takes to make a baby. And Joseph knows he hadn't done that. So there's a problem. I would say Joseph is without peace at the moment, wouldn't you? Or ladies, let's reverse the situation. You found out your man has been unfaithful. I mean, here we're getting ready to get married. We've committed our lives together. There becomes this lack of peace because Joseph was engaged to be married. And do you know in their day, if they were to be found out that she was unfaithful, they were to kill. And Joseph's a righteous man. He's righteous before God. He's righteous with the law. Joseph had all right to have her stoned to death. But he loved Mary. I, I, I can't even imagine the unrest in his life because she was pregnant. It says, verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. But Joseph, it tells us in the very next verse, and Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. So imagine this. I'm sure there's already been a dowry paid. Joseph doesn't want to discredit Mary. I mean, what a righteous man. I mean, come on. If we're honest with ourselves, if that happened to me, hang her out to dry. I mean, but no. Because of the righteous man Joseph was, he's just going to send her away secretly. Just go on. We'll just undo this marriage. You move on. I'm going to move on. I'm going to go my way. He's going to do it privately, not what the law required for him. But, I always love buts in the Bible, B-U-T. Because when you are reading scripture and you hear something negative and then you hear the but, amen, you know there's something good coming. God's fixing to step in. And let me tell you what, as much as we hate interruptions, we talked about that last week. When God steps in with an interruption, it's worth it. See, Joseph's life's been interrupted. In the worldly sense, in a negative way, we would all admit Joseph's life's been interrupted. That would be an interruption to me if when Nicole and I were getting ready to get married, I found out she was pregnant and it wasn't mine. There's going to be an interruption. But God's interruptions are always coming in and changing things. It says, but when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph... Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Basically, the angel saying, take Mary, even though she's pregnant, and marry her anyway. Now, here at this point, Joseph had a decision to make. Do I have her stoned? Do I send her away secretly? Or am I obedient? To what I'm being told by this angel. To take Mary. Now imagine the interruption. Even if he takes her. He's fixing to have a child that's not his. They're fixing to be a census. They're going to have to travel with that. Not only that. Can you imagine. With all of our lovely. Better than thou Pharisees and scribes in that day. Seeing Joseph. 
walk around with a pregnant woman. Now here's what their mind is probably going to be, and it'll be the same as ours. They slept together before they were married. They're not going to think that she was probably unfaithful to somebody else, but even in that day, can you imagine the interruption in his life with all of this? If he's obedient to God, there's an interruption. But God's interruption has a plan. There's something better. Because you see, it's not just Joseph's peace that I want us to look at today. But I want us to look at God's peace. God has a hand in all of this that's happening. And God has a peace You see, his peace was to send his son, Jesus, to redeem mankind. Let's just take a look just real quick there. Verse 21, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. At this point in time, there is a lot of lack of peace in all of Israel and all around the world. Because from the moment God created this perfect world, And Adam and Eve sinned, there has been no peace between man and God, except for they follow his rules. God had a plan, and his plan was for peace. He sent his son to redeem mankind, because let me tell you, church, without Jesus... Exactly the way the Christmas story happened and all of our Bible tells us about his purpose life and his sacrifice. There is no peace between man and God because we as sinners are at enmity with him. We are against him. We're at an unrest. There is a a lack of connection just like that young boy and his mother that had a connection. And when he did what he did, it severed that connection and there was this unrest that was there. So God's peace, he sent his son within his plan, and it was to bring peace to mankind. Verse 22 and 23, now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated God with us. Verse 21 says that you shall call his name Jesus. There was a very specific reason for this name. Jesus means Yahweh is salvation. We've been talking about names of the Lord. Yahweh is salvation, or we could say the Lord saves. So God is sending his son. You're going to call him Jesus. All will know that the Lord saves And that that is who he was going to be. And do you know Jesus had a primary purpose in life. He did many great things. He healed many people. He forgave people of their sins. But his primary purpose was the spiritual salvation of God's people. By removing the alienation from God that we created through our sin. The moment we as humans within our sin nature choose to sin, we become alienated from God. There is a separation, a disconnect. There's no peace there. And God sent his son to interrupt time, interrupted Joseph's plans. I mean, come on, we make our own plans. But he did it because he wanted to restore a relationship. He wanted there to be peace again between mankind and him. The end of that verse, it says, verse 23, and his name, Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. 
Well, he's referring to Matthew in his writing here is referring back to the Old Testament, which would have been written in Hebrew. And I'll be the first one to tell you, most of them probably didn't understand the Hebrew because it's not easy. So when you're in a group of people who speak Greek, they have no background in Hebrew, and you give them the word Emmanuel, well, that sounds lovely. We sing the song Emmanuel, but God wanted them to understand it means God with us. Jesus is God. He's the second part of the Trinity. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus is God, and him coming to earth is God with us. Amen? I'm so glad for the interruptions of Christmas because now God is with us. God had a plan for you and for me. And that plan was to bring peace to our life, to restore our relationship to him. See, God's peace is to restore relationship between mankind and himself, to have peace with him. You know, because of Christ coming, being born of a virgin, living a perfect life, and dying on that cross, it restored our relationship. Let me read to you out of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Because of this, those who choose to receive this greatest gift... That was ever given the birth of Christ. Listen to this verse from Hebrews 4 and 16. Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We hear this all the time church but I want you to understand. God is great. God is perfect. God is holy. God is living and God is sitting on the throne. And as humans with our sin nature, how dare we even think we can enter the presence of such holiness. But because of his love for you and for me, when we receive his son Jesus as our Lord and Savior... He redeems us. He cleanses us. This holy God looks at us and he sees us clean as white. He sees us pure. He sees us pure. It gives us the right to enter the throne room anytime we want. Can you imagine the closest I can get us to understand this today? Can you imagine that anytime you had the notion... And you wanted to go see the president that you could just walk right down there and you walk right in the White House. You open the Oval Door, a door to the Oval Office. You just go sit down and start talking with the president. Is that going to happen? No. But let me tell you, our God is greater than the president. And because of Jesus, anytime you want, hopefully all the time, you can just enter right in to his presence and you can talk with him. And he'll talk with you. You see, God has peace. Verse 21 says that Jesus shall bear a, a son, excuse me, that she will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. 
We needed something done for us that we can't do, and that's saving from our sins. Good person, bad person, regardless of how you see yourself, regardless of how good you are, without Christ, there is no peace between you and God, and he sent Christ for that purpose because Jesus wanted us to have peace. So we see that Joseph had a peace. He needed a peace. We see that God is peace and Thirdly, we need to look at man's peace. You know, these are all wonderful stories. Some parables, mostly true in Scripture. Joseph was in need of peace. Joseph found peace. We're going to finish up with Joseph in just a moment. The world needed peace. The Bible tells us all about that. But you know, there is one person. One person. That God is concerned with having peace. And that's you. That's me. Man's peace. We can hear about all this great stuff God did. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But what about me? Let me tell you, God wants you to have peace too. And that's the reason that he sent his son. What is man's peace but to be at one with God? To have a relationship with God. But what we must do is we must take the life of Joseph as an understanding and as a guide to what we need to do. Look at verse 24. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. We have to respond to God. Anytime God speaks, church, there is a response. It's either yes And amen, Lord, or it's no. Joseph had the right to say no to taking Mary as his wife. God does not override our will. God puts desires in our heart. God puts people in our heart. God calls us. God gives us opportunity. But when we were created, the Bible tells us we were created with a free will. And we have a choice. We have a right to choose one way or the other. And for man to have peace, for you to have peace, then you have to choose to receive what God has supplied for you. God said there's only one way. And that one way is through his son, Jesus Christ. Was speaking with a a young lady just this week down in New Orleans and asking her if she had any religious beliefs. And she said, yes, she was Muslim. And we began to carry on a conversation and she was trying to convince me how Christianity and Muslim was the same thing. I said, it is. Yeah. I said, well, because she used to be in Christianity. I said, so you know what Christianity teaches? Yeah. And, And they're the same thing. I said, as a Muslim, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven? No. I said, well, then it's not the same. There's only one way. I don't care what anyone tells you. God's word says, and when God speaks, it's the ultimate authority. And he says there's one way, and that one way is through Jesus Christ alone. And man must choose for himself, just as Joseph had a choice. But I like how it says, and Joseph woke up from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded. Church, I truly believe that when the Lord speaks that we respond, but we need to respond immediately. 
When the Holy Spirit puts a calling in your life, if it's for salvation, you need to respond immediately. Because let me tell you what, there are a bunch of little demons out there. And there is Satan who is trying to pull you away from that. And when God calls and you hear it, if you don't respond immediately, it's very likely you'll get right up and you'll walk out those doors and life will continue to happen. And you won't think about it again until maybe the next time you hear about Scripture. And I'm not here to to be a naysayer or try to do any scaring if you ever get another opportunity because none of us are promised another breath, another opportunity. So Joseph got up from his sleep and he took Mary as the Lord commanded and took her as his wife. And let me tell you what, receiving Christ is not always going to be easy. I promise you, the best I can tell, it's, We can just derive from scripture and from life. Probably at the very beginning, Joseph's life was not easy. Take it a woman who was pregnant. And even if he did and it was okay, they would have known pretty quick that here comes a lady that's pregnant and they hadn't been married very long. I mean, the talk, can you imagine what his parents would say? I'm sure if I would have went and told my parents that, you know, mom and dad, Nicole and I are fixing to get married. She's been unfaithful and she's pregnant. What do you think they're going to tell me? You stupid. Don't take her. Son, you're a good guy. You're a Christian. You're owed better than that. Joseph was a righteous man. Can you imagine what his family thought? It didn't only affect him, it affected his family. But he chose to be obedient and he chose to stick it out and get this. Verse 25 says, But he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. I'm just going to say this. I debated this or not, but I'm just going to say it. It wasn't easy for Joseph because let's be real. You get married, there are certain things you're ready to do. And he kept her a virgin until she gave birth. Nine months. Says he went on, took her as his wife. Joseph married and he remained celibate to fulfill scripture. So what? What if Mary was a virgin? We hear that in scripture. She was conceived child by the Holy Spirit. Her and Joseph get married and then they go and they celebrate their marriage. Could that have happened? Yes, it could have happened. But I just briefly want to share. I did a a sermon on this one time, some time back. But I just want to give you, there are five reasons that the scripture demands a virgin birth. Why they could have went on, got married, consummated their marriage, then had the child. But let's listen. First of all, it tells us right here that she had to remain a virgin to fulfill prophecy. The amazing thing about Christianity is all the prophecies in the Old Testament that have come to this point, every one of them have been fulfilled exactly as they were. Not a one of them not answered correctly. So that would have messed that up. If Christ was not born of a virgin, he would not have been qualified to be our sacrifice. You see, we are born of man and woman. We inherit a sin nature, but being born of a virgin, 
He did not inherit that sin nature because he was all God. Thirdly, he to reveal God. I mean, what a miracle of God. There's no other way. I know some claim it today. I've heard it. Just some kind of miraculous conception. No, it didn't just something happen. But to reveal God. Fourthly, to reverse what the first Adam did. He had to be born of that virgin. And fifth, to restore life. If he would have not have been qualified to be our sacrifice, then pretty much everything from this portion back is null and void. Because the New Testament is all about what Christ did on the cross. All the Old Testament is about our need for this Christ. So it was very important. So you see we have Joseph's peace. We have God's peace and we have man's peace. You remember about that story of that little boy and his mother? They did get together and they talked. And when they first talked, she didn't talk to him for a while. She was broken hearted. She loved this young boy. but She was disappointed in the young boy. And as time went on, they began to talk. And the relationship began to get restored and there became peace. And it filled the young boy with pride and love. And it filled the mother with pride and love. And I can tell you that for a fact because I'm the young boy. The peace that was separated was devastating. But it's nothing like the peace of being separated from our heavenly father who loves us. And wants in every possible way to have a relationship with us. He wants us to be at peace. Not always happiness. We know we're not talking about happiness. But at peace. And even in this world that is filled with no peace. We can have peace. And we can have hope. As we prepare ourselves to be the innkeeper. My question to you this morning is. Are you an innkeeper of Christ? Have you opened the inn and received Christ to come in? Are you at peace in your life right now? Are you at peace in this world? If not, in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Nothing better you could do right here before Christmas than to understand the greatest gift ever given and your need for that gift and to receive the gift. Because then Christmas takes on a whole new meaning. Getting Wayland to understand that Christmas is about giving more than it is receiving. Blessed that we receive, but blessed is the giver. Would you bow your heads this morning?